right, joining us now, the newest head coach in U Sports. The Carlton Ravens have found their man. It is Corey Grant. We are so thankful that he is joining us here. Came over from the McMaster Marauders to be, I believe, the 14th coach in school history. Second coach since the rebirth of the Ravens program. And we are so thankful to have you here joining us today. Hey, appreciate appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, yeah, I look forward to the conversation. Uh, when, I mean, first things first, how have you found the transition from Hamilton to Ottawa? Um, I'm not in Ottawa yet. I'm still here in Hamilton. Uh, I've got two kids, so they're um, finishing school. They're going to finish off school here. But uh, I was up last week, met the players, plan on going up uh, for most of them for all of April. Um, so I'm excited, but the transition is crazy. This has been a whirlwind uh, since the day I got announced till right now, this moment. And once I get off of this, I'm sure it'll be just as crazy. And if you, uh, if you don't mind, just talk a little bit about how that all went down, how that all came to, to fruition. Um, getting the job. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 It was uh, one of those things when I saw the posting, I let uh, Coach Potastic know that I was going to apply. And just I hadn't done a resume or anything like that, and I always wanted to become a head coach. So I ended up just putting a resume together, kept asking people about the job, should I, shouldn't I, talking to the wife, and threw my name in. And after a few weeks in February, I didn't hear anything back. So I was like, all right, I'm getting ready for spring camp. I really don't want this held over my head of worrying about it. So I said, I'll give it another week and then I just have to move on with life. I didn't get the interview. Uh, later on that week, they called uh, for that first initial interview, um, did that. The next thing I knew, they called me to come up to Ottawa to do an interview. And as soon as that, I heard they were talking to some of my um, references and boom, got a, got everything done. And guess what? I became, I was an offensive coordinator two days before and then the next thing I knew I was a head coach of the Carlton Ravens pretty surreal I'd imagine uh whenever you started looking at the Carlton job was there anything in particular that stood out to you because I mean you talk about wanting to be a head coach but there's certain jobs that you're kind of like that's not a great situation to walk into what was it with Carlton that stood out to you um for me the one was uh, I know with them bringing it back the support that there was and that love for football right being at Mac and how alumni and the community it all embraces the team. And with the efforts to bring back a football team, knowing that with Carlton, that effort that they did and how they brought that back. So I knew that support would be there. And then just within their athletic department, the leadership, basketball, their hockey, their soccer teams, winning is a priority there, right? And that, that culture of excellence is there. So knowing that you're going to go somewhere and really be supported and have that opportunity and, and do those things was really important as I was looking at it. And Carlton checked all those boxes. And uh, I keep hearing, uh, I used to, when I was training, when I was playing pro, I went to Ottawa to live um, back then. And it was a great city. And I keep hearing how great of a city it is to raise your kids in. So uh, all those things check the boxes family-wise and then just an opportunity to be be successful and then that support to help me be successful in that first endeavor. How were your kids uh, when you told them that you'd have to move all the way out to Ottawa from the other end of the province? Yeah, my daughter Kiana is 13 going into high school uh, next year and she's a competitive trampolinist. 
So her first thing was no, (laughs) because she loves her club that she's at right now. And that is a big worry for her. She's going to take daddy to the Olympics. Um, So her first thing was no. And my son, who's 11, Devon, he was uh, not really sure. But then I told him about this junior Ravens program and this football, because I told him he can't play football until grade eight going into high school. But now he can do that. So he was all pumped up. I get to play football now. Um, But they're, you know, they were a little bit worried and a little bit hesitant. Um, Wife is so supportive, Jen. She's been so supportive through this whole process. Um, But as they got a chance to go up there, see the city, look at different areas, they're starting to get a little bit excited. But I still know there's that apprehension of, you know, going to, they're Hamilton, they're Ham, we're Hamilton born. Yeah. Or at least, um, so they're a little nervous, but I, they're excited at the same time. It certainly is a nice place to start a family. I know Connor and I have, like, we both live real close to Ottawa and we spent tons of time there. So uh, it is a nice place. And I'm sure wherever they do find themselves at school or whatever program your son joins up for NACAFA, I'm assuming if he's playing in the fall, uh, yeah. whatever team he joins will be great with. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's pretty excited to get into He's been playing flag and I've been like, he's not a big kid. He's just fast and doing that. You don't need to play tackle. Daddy, no, I'll wreck him. I'll wreck him. I'll wreck him. <laughs> like, all right, well, we'll see on that first hit. And if you're, if you get up and want to keep playing, then we'll, we'll see from there. Right with the flag game though. I mean, it develops such, you know, finesse skills, right? Like kids that I find that playing against the kids that grew up playing flag from like grade four, five, six to through to eight, didn't start playing tackle until high school. Like, those are the kids that were going out and torching everybody because they had the footwork, they had the foot skills. And I'm like, yeah, maybe this guy's never played tackle football before, but he's eight yards downfield and I'm trying to catch up to him. So, um, but getting to coming into Carlton, uh, obviously not the season that they wanted to have last year as a program, but there's a ton of pieces still there. Obviously, you know, off, off air, we were talking a little bit about fifth year quarterback Tanner Young. How excited are you to go into that room and start working with guys like that? I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, no, it wasn't the year like record wise, but guess what? They were in the playoffs. Yep. Right. And you always want to be able to get into the dance and you just want an opportunity. So if it's winning one game or two games, it doesn't matter as long as they're in. So they had that opportunity and a lot of the young uh, players got an opportunity to play and get that experience and what it feels like one to get into the playoffs and that work that it takes. And then one to try and advance. Um, so with that, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited with that because now that they understand that they have that taste, they're going to want more. Um, and then having, you know, a quarterback that's been there, done that and a little bit more mature and that 50 year guy, it's exciting for me to work with because of understanding that urgency. And even when I talk to the players uh, and let the older guys, it's not about rebuilding. It's just retooling and let's go. And we want to win now. We want to, perform now but it's going to take a lot to do that but with the experience they have and the guys that we have in the room uh, and that taste of playoff football um, there's something to said about that experience and hopefully we can build on that coming this fall and with like talking about retooling how do you kind of balance obviously you know you coming in as the head coach you have your system you have the plays that you like to call but how do you kind of balance that with a guy like Tanner where he's been there for so long like if he comes up to you and says coach like I've got a handful of plays that I like to run that. Like, I know they work. They, they were successful for us last year. Like if he cuts the tape on and shows you these handful of plays, like, I, I guess my question is how do you balance like your playbook and the plays that some of these, these guys like to run as well? 
Yeah. And that's easy, right? We're going to build this together. I'm not just going to come in and do this on my own. I need a really group, a good group of people around me that's going to help be successful. And everywhere I've been, it's always been collaborative, right? Um, obviously there's going to be things I like, there's going to be things, but in the end, it's the players making the call on the play. That's the players that are doing those things. So I want them to make sure they're comfortable with it. We all, every football level, we all run a go with an out. I may call it something different, but how I teach it and how I see it and how he, I'm, he sees it. We just want to make sure we're all on the same page with that process. Right. Um, so that'll be, we'll be building this thing collaboratively because we, we don't have a lot of time before August and before the season. And we all, we just want to make sure we're on the same page and that'll be my job to making sure we mesh and, and do those things as an entire, not just offense, defense, special teams, but in a full team. And you mentioned retooling a little bit ago with taking over the head coaching role in March. How do you kind of fit your scouting in? Cause you were on the scouting trail with McMaster bringing in guys, looking at guys from the Marauders. Now all of a sudden you go to Carlton you have their group that they're looking at and some of the guys maybe from McMaster that might want to come with you to the nation's capital. How do you balance that? And how does that kind of work? Just kind of jumping into the middle of their recruiting pattern. Yeah. Great question. I think the biggest thing is myself sitting down with the the coaching staff that's there, evaluating what's there, looking at what's there and looking at it with a critical eye, what worked at Mac doesn't mean it's going to work up there. Mm -hmm. Right. The players that we had at, that I was with, involved with at Mac doesn't mean it's going to work at Carlton. So I have to make sure as I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it critically, what we want, what we have, where we want to go, and then trying to fit in those pieces. And then really looking at who they've brought in already and who they've been on the recruiting trail with. And then looking because there was a thought process there. And then, okay, do they fit into the systems? Do they sit into what we're going to do moving forward? And if they do, let's get them on biggest thing for me is you know high character guys that want to work hard play hard and want to learn and love the game of football and if they have those things they're going to be successful wherever and we're going to make sure that we can work them in uh with with recruiting in the ottawa area i mean something that a lot of our listeners might not know is that like ottawa carlton queens a little bit but not as much but the the two ottawa area schools like sajep is a huge tap a huge resource for recruiting like is that something that you're going to look into a little bit more because I know that obviously across Ontario, across Canada, like the SAGEP schools are getting looks, but you see a lot more SAGEP players at the, the Ottawa schools versus like a Waterloo or a Laurier or a Mac for, for example. Yeah. Um, I would love to tell you what my recruiting strategy is. If it was just <laughs> us. Right. And Absolutely. I know it's just us talking here. No, but for sure. Yeah. Right. But I'm going to save that for, for what we plan on doing. Um, because I hear you are probably trying to pass out some trade. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have a good strategy put together of how we're going to do things. I've learned from some of um, the best in that and seen things that I, I like and I don't like. And then we'll put a real good strategy together of how we're going to attack this and how we're going to go at it and uh, make sure we're having some really good athletes at Carleton. Absolutely. And with, uh, with that kind of slide jab at Connors, Ottawa, you – all right, you Ottawa, sorry, passed. Uh, you're getting thrown into a wild rivalry in the Panda game, which sells out TD place every single time it runs. Uh, what's that like for you kind of jumping into this intense rivalry? Yeah, um, for me, like I haven't seen it or been a part of it. Um, so I try to liken it to what I've experienced. And for me, that experience would be... Uh, Labor Day, 
right? So I played for the Ticats and the Hamilton and I played um, back with Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. And then that's when the pan, uh, not the, the banjo bowl came. So understanding how important it is to those teams in the mid season and the communities around it and the buildup for those games and how important it is. So it'll be that those experiences I'll take with me to this game because I keep hearing it is this big game and this big game, but also understanding it is an, it's a game on the schedule. We need to win regardless, right. Of all everything in the pageantry around it. Um, and we're going to focus on doing that, but understanding as student athletes, how big it is and, and, and those things of it and being able to talk to it and, it's like in Hamilton when I was uh, with the Thai Cats, right? You could go, oh, and, you know, you can win one game. And that was the one game you had to win was Labor Day against the Argos. Uh, same thing in Saskatchewan. So I understand the Panda Bowl is going to be that. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because I haven't seen that at the university level and been experienced that big of a game where that many students or uh, individuals are there. But um how it also is going to bring the whole community of Ottawa together for one football game. It's going to be pretty special. And I'm excited to be a part of that. With, uh, with looking at the upcoming schedule and the way that OUA has gone the last couple of years, yep. uh, as we look to face off against Queens, who was just the, in the Yates cup, right? Mm-hmm. How do you guys get your team to that level? I know you had mentioned that there's not that much time between now and August. How do you get your team from making the playoffs to contending at that Yates Cup level in such a quick time? Yep. Uh, it's about building foundation, right? And when we got to start with the foundations and we'll start with the basics and, and lay that groundwork of what it means for to make that next step, right? A lot of times and, and you can come in and as a coach and be like, okay, we're going to go here, but how do we get there? So I think for me, it's about laying that foundation, laying down the expectations of what it means to win each day, right? I can, we can't worry about that end goal and getting the playoffs and making those next steps. We have to worry about winning each day, each moment in each day. And if we can start getting those small wins, they'll start adding up. And then as we build that foundation, we'll be able to take those steps. When you're, when you're building that foundation, uh, one trend that we've kind of noticed or we, we talk about a lot at CFP is it's kind of coming over from from basketball, positionalist basketball. We see it kind of working its way into football versus, you know, being a halfback or a corner or an R or a Y. Like how important is it to you to just have ball players? Oh, it's important. I want I want individuals. I want student athletes. Obviously, they're students first, but I also want individuals that love to learn. Right. And love the game and just want to go out and have some fun but they also understand there's going to be hard work. There's going to be demands put on them and there's going to be accountability. Um, and if they can embrace those things, embrace that, that's what I just want. I, I want individuals because this is such a great game and I was fortunate enough to play and I'm fortunate enough to coach right now. Um, and I love it. And I want my coaching staff to enjoy it. Listen, it is football. It is a game and we want to have fun, you know, and winning helps that. But I just want to make sure the student athletes understand that and understand, hey, if you're going to put in that hard work and you're ready to work and go out there and do those things that takes to be great in anything that you do. Um, those are the individuals that we're looking for and uh, they'll have a good time doing it. Uh, I have a question to just kind of change gears. You've been involved in quite a bit of community based work, including your position as a co-chair of the uh, black biracial indigenous community. Yeah. How does that off the field work translate as you personally move cities. I mean, those, those positions you can hold 
regardless of what city you're in, but how do you get yourself rooted and involved in the new community that you're moving to? Um, great. I think the first thing I do is I just get involved in the community, right? So I take those initiatives and they don't end because I'm leaving mm -hmm. um, Hamilton. I take them with me. I take the women's program. I take those things. And then I go into the Ottawa community and I ask, I ask questions, right? A lot of times I want to listen and learn and I'm learning about how, what it means to be a Raven, but taking those initiatives that I've uh, worked on over the years um, and how can I get that and in integrate myself into community is to go, is to go and ask questions to um, involve myself and learn, learn what it means uh, to be in Ottawa and then go, okay, just because I, like I said before, just because I did this in Hamilton doesn't mean it's going to work there, but how can it work here? What's the best road to do that? And then making sure I continue those conversations and continue with some of those initiatives. But I will be asking a lot of questions um, and really immersing myself in that, uh, in the Ottawa community. You mentioned the, the women's program. Uh, that was something that you brought in at McMaster this past season. Um, is that something that you're going to look to implement in with the, with the Carlton program as well? Yeah, I would like to, um, obviously I got to see the landscape and I know there is a big contingent of women that are playing football and flag football and those different. Uh, so it might look a little bit different in Carl at Carlton, but yes, uh, my plan is to, I want to help create that pipeline. I want to help that create that pipeline for women to get into coaching and especially in the tackle football and however I can do it. And if there's programs there, then immersing myself and making sure of that. But I want to make sure my daughter um, is able to see what she can be and she can be anything. If she wants to coach football and be beside daddy and coaching that, I want her to be able to see women that are in those positions and have those role models. Um, so yeah, I'm whatever it's, I want to make sure it's up there. And if there are programs up there um, at different levels or at the community level, that I can help and support in my role, then I'll definitely make sure I'm doing those things. And you had Coach Ruler and Coach McIntyre on your staff this past season with the Marauders. Um, I'm not gonna ask you like kind of how that was or whatever, like they wouldn't have been on your staff if they weren't coaches, they wouldn't have been on your staff if they didn't know the game already. But what was one of kind of your biggest takeaways or something that you really learned from having Coach McIntyre and Coach Ruler on your staff? They're coaches, they're great coaches, period, end of, um, discussion, right? It didn't matter. They're great coaches. They're great teachers. And they have a passion for the sport of football. And they have a passion for seeing um, the athletes that they work with excel, right? And if they didn't know something, they made sure that they found out what it was and then so that they could help their athletes. And you could see throughout um, how their athletes gravitated to them, would ask them questions. And they were just great coaches, great coaches and even better people. So with uh, with your new coaching staff now coming together, is there any chance that you try to poach one of them <laughs> or some of your other former assistants uh, with you to Carlton? Or how are you working on building your staff? Uh, right now, like I mentioned to you before, I'm just up there learning, listening, mm -hmm. uh, listening to the coaches that are up there who are there. And then um, I'll and worrying about my family moving and my family getting there. So I haven't even thought that deeply into a coaching staff and, and, and doing those things. Uh, the coaches that are up there right now that are working through spring camp with the student athletes are doing a tremendous job. Uh, and I just can't wait to get up there and work with them and then, and then move forward from there. Perfect.
And just to switch gears a little bit here, because it is that time of year, it's CFL Combine. Well, the CFL Combine just wrapped up. We are going into draft season. One of your now former athletes, Enoch Penny Larea, went out and had himself a day, not only at the, the regional combine, but then showed out and was one of the best athletes at the national combine. So if you don't mind, just talk to talk about him a little bit. And is this something that you expected of him? Like, did you expect him to come out and be, you know, the best athlete at the combine? Yeah, he's he's a spec like working with him over the last few years at Mac, just seeing his growth and development over the years has been tremendous and know what he could do. And it was a kind of one of those things where it was like, he didn't get a national invite off the bat. Right. But to him, it didn't matter because he was going to work either way. And that's who he is and what he's been doing uh, over the past few years. Uh, so it's not a surprise to us coaches that have been able to coach him and work with him at Mac over the last few years of what he did at the combines. Cause that's what he's been doing. That's what he's been doing over the years. Um, and then even on the field is one thing, but then off the field to see his growth and development in the community, working with our, the Black Student Athlete uh, Council at McMaster and doing those things and being a voice in his advocacy work. And he's got another job and doing all those things. Not a surprise at all. And whatever team takes him or drafts him is going to get a young man that's going to work and do a lot of things, not only on the field, but in the locker room. He's, uh, I can't wait to see him play at that next level. We'll uh, stay on your McMaster guys for one more here. I, I'm kind of curious about Chase Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, obviously, tight end, not many catches in the last year, six for 95 total. But he's a great athlete and he's a great body type. And how do you kind of see him when you're coaching and on film? You're with him every day as the offensive coordinator. Um, he's a hard, that man is a hard worker and he wants to know so much about football, right? Coach, can we watch film? Coach, can we do this? So he, he just loves the game. No, we didn't have a lot of catches, but if you really watch what we did with him, mm -hmm. um, he was playing wide receiver at one time. Then he would be lined up at tight end. Then he'd be lined up at fullback. Then he'd be lined up at slot. The only thing Chase didn't do was throw the ball. Um, but he was so versatile and did so many of those, in, those little things that we needed him to do. And then being that leader of leading the other guys, well, you got to know this. You got to know that play. So he was invaluable. His stats may not have shown it, but the hard work and his openness to learn different positions and then lead the other players on the team was just so commendable and spoke, speaks so much about the young man and his character. And uh, no different than Enoch, uh, when he does get drafted, uh, he is going to be a big, big contributor in the CFL for a long time, just with his versatility and the things that he can do. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to cross paths with your newest player who is going into the draft. You're shaking your head no, but that's Keaton Brueling. And, I mean, you've you've watched him on tape from scouting and whatnot. What do you kind of see without, I guess, really meeting him? What do you see from a guy that might be in your program next year or might be at the next level? I will treat him just like I treat the guys right <laughs> when I was at Mac and I was coaching. Like, I, I want you to go because I want you to yeah. experience it and I do all that, but no, if you got to come back, I'm opening you up with open arms, great young man, um, hard worker. And I think his combine numbers speak for themselves about the potential that he can do. Um, I can't wait to meet him and hopefully I get to meet him um, when I get up there and, and sit down and really talk with him to see what his goals are and his plans are. But for me, hard worker, he, he's going to go in and he's going to do what he needs to do because his numbers show that. 
um, and go make the CFL, go make a team. Don't come back and we'll be there cheering you on. <laughs> but no, if you do come back, open arms here, coach Grant would love an opportunity <laughs> to work with you at any point in time. But even if he does go knowing that, uh, when I have that conversation that I'm here as a resource, right. To help and help navigate it. I've been there. I've been in that seat and what that looks like at the next level and, and be that resource for that young man. And I do have one question for you about playing at the next level. You yourself played there and you have been a youth sports coach now. How important is being a good special teamer and not even being a good special teamer, but being a willing special teamer? I think it's important. A lot of uh, young players, that's doesn't matter, Canadian American that are coming to the CFL, that's where they cut their teeth. That's where they get their opportunity. And whatever opportunity you get, you go out and shine. Right. So whether it's playing special teams, if you're fortunate enough to become a starter or get in those starting roles, you always have to prepare like you're going to start at your position, because when you're called on, you may only get that one chance to show them. And when you show them, you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward. But if they ask you to go down and run down on kickoff or return the ball, you know, you prepare yourself um, in any role that they give you and then go and excel and be the best at it. Now, how do you balance that now as a head coach with your guys who have that potential to reach the next level? and may excel on the field at the U sports level, but still balancing that 45 man roster, trying to figure out who can play specials for me on a given game day. How do you kind of balance that? I know you're going to practice it and coach it up there, but getting live game reps to put on film for these top end players. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> that's a great one. Um, just because I know what it takes to get to that. And a lot of the players are going to um, have to play specials and do that. Um, putting them in positions so that they can get that film because uh, that's fair to them, right? Because uh, I want to make sure I'm supporting not even the student athletes, but <clears throat> even my coaches. So making sure that we're smart with it, but also making sure we're giving them that opportunity. Coach, I need that film. All right. Putting them in those roles to be successful so that they can do that. So that it will be that balancing act between, you know, the youth sport head coach. I only want you to start here, but understanding what it's going to take for them to, get to that next level they're going to need that specials films and i'm open to that uh, but just making sure we have those discussions and putting them in a way that uh putting them in positions so they can be successful to get that film but also you know what we're trying to win games here and uh, not put them in harm's way at this level also perfect you got any more connor uh, I do. I do have one more just because i noticed it over your left shoulder there and i'm a huge hoops fan <laughs> myself are you a sneaker guy at all uh my son would say i am but i'm not really a sneaker guy so if you're okay. gonna ask me do i what ones or which jordans or kobe's you know no no no, no no i was gonna say of the signature models of those three because i'm not gonna ask you to rank those three there's just one it's bryant jordan and james just like hyphenate all of them and put it at the one spot but oh, really? Oh. I would say so. I would say those those three players. Well, I mean, Jordan's one, but call Kobe. Okay, okay, okay. Call call Kobe and call Kobe and LeBron two A two B if you want. But okay. who's got the better signature model, Kobe, Bron, or Jordan? Well, I'm I'm an old guy, so it's it's always going to be J Jordans, right? Like everybody wears Jordans. I probably got Jordans somewhere in the house, a few of them and stuff like that. But yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm a Jordan. He started it. He was the guy he that he's, he's the guy first yeah. signature, right? First got to get his own signature shoe. I got to agree. I got to agree. I got a a shame, shameful Jordan collection going on here. So yeah, yeah. You got a little bit more money than me. I got, I I can't afford it. I maybe got one Jordan. Oh, I just got friends. I work at sneaker shops. Hey man, throw a pair at the back door for me. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's my young brother does the same thing. That's funny. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach Grant, for joining us. It was a pleasure to get to know you and get to see your vision, even a glimpse of it for this Carlton Ravens program. Uh, We're excited to see the on-field product of that and all the hard work that's to come. Uh, Hopefully you and your family have a safe move and transition into Ottawa. Uh, Exciting future for you guys ahead. Thank you. And I appreciate all the work that uh, both of you guys are doing and, and, and doing and taking the time to speak with me. Um, but yeah, I look forward to the season and uh, appreciate everything. The more I see, the less I'm willing to believe. It's too hard in here. Doesn't help the your right.